You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, welcome to the Vineyard. It's good to have you here today. This is Father's Day, and we got treats for the fathers today. What's the best Father's Day gift anyone could ever have? <laughs> kind of in the definition of father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think of all the different ways, you know, for me, it's, it's my grandson. It's like, oh, gosh, got a new grand, grandchild, little grandboy. So I, I'm going to have to text my son a little later and just say, I'm nominating you for Father of the Year 2022, uh, Milo Allen Francis, just, just adorable. But now let's just go in the natural realm, okay? Leave off all those wonderful spiritual thoughts What's the best Father's Day gift? I have an opinion on this. I have not received this gift yet. It could be that a massive hint may be going forth uh, today. But I was thinking, what better gift for a father than a gas-powered power washer? (laughs) I mean, isn't that just like, the definition of what a Father's Day gift should look like. It, it should be, you know, it, it's something like my mother-in-law, she, all the early years of, of being in relationship with Debbie's side of the family, my mother-in-law for every gift got me some kind of tool. I think she wanted me to work harder. And, and I thought, you know, a power washer is like <clears throat> the best, the best Father's Day gift ever. Problem is, how often do you use a power washer? (laughs) If you're not in the business of doing concrete or washing trailers or siding or anything like that, uh, you don't have much use for it. But it's like, every time I go past the power washer, I start looking at how much horsepower, how many pounds per square inch, Oh, this one can only do this. Oh, this is an electrical, so it, it doesn't have any power. You know? Over here is the gas. Yeah, now we can really crank up some. And, and so my prayer as I was reflecting on that was I was praying, Lord, could today be a power wash Sunday for us? Where you take your heavenly power washer and just spray us and get all the debris, all the the stuff that uh, Dan and Bob have been washing the fellowship hall down, you know, get the algae, get the the mold, get the stuff off, get get the stained areas of our heart, our our minds, the the pollutants that seem to to escape, you know, just a, a rinse under the shower, could, could we use some high-powered power wash from heaven to earth today? I'll drink to that. I hope you will too. I see Rick's drinking. Good. Okay. So that's, that's my, my introduction. I'm praying that this morning as we, as we look at the passage, as we look at the gospel, that the Holy Spirit will be activating Father's power wash 
and he will be washing his kids and make us so squeaky clean that we won't know ourselves, but he will know us because he sees us that way all the time. <clears throat> John chapter 14, begin at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now, I love that. I often use this in, in, in the funeral memorial service context, but this is good all the time. This is good. Don't let your hearts be troubled. If you've got a troubled heart today, listen to the word of the Lord. It's coming to you to bring peace to your heart, to do something about the trouble that you're experiencing. And I think the, the thing that helps me the most is when I realize that it's not so much that I want God to jump through hoops and do things for me as much as I want him to just be with me. And so Jesus, as he's looking and the foreshadowing of the cross is just a, a few weeks off, as, as he's looking at this, he's bringing the peace and the trust of knowing that we're going to be together. Yeah, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now put your finger on your chest and say, he's preparing a place for me. He's absolutely preparing a place for me. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, Philip gets the bright idea. That's a great idea. Show us the Father. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own, rather it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we ask for opened ears and opened hearts and opened eyes that we could see, that we could hear, that we could receive and understand the fullness of who you are as our Father. For we ask it in Jesus' name.
Amen. First thing we learn about in the passage is that our Father has a house. Where's Marcus? Marcus, what's King James say? Mansions, there we go. We, we're, we're not talking about a, a little three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. We're talking about a substantial space. He, he, you know, I, I've, often, I've often wondered, I wonder why Jesus didn't say, in my Father's universe, there are many planets, <laughs> and I go to prepare one for you. It has something to do with, with closeness being together. What we understand from a nuclear family with a mother and a father and kids is that as they stay together and as they're bonded together, that there's something very, very healthy, hopefully, that's occurring. Because you get the masculine image of God from the father and the feminine image of God from the mother, and then together they can speak into the lives of the children. Cover the children, protect the children, nurture the children, nurture the child, you know, do all these things. But the context is always family. And as Jesus is speaking to his culture, and as he's speaking to his disciples, he's saying, guys, I'm, I'm headed to the cross, but I'm going there so that I can prepare a place for you. Because Father has a house. NIV, many rooms. Mm. And there's one that has been specifically designed for you. I don't know if you've thought much about it. I had a friend that uh, he was dying of cancer and he thought, you know, if the Lord heals me, I already have my two-year plan already made out. I know what I'm going to do for the next two years. But then as I got close and it looked like that wasn't gonna happen, he said, you know what I haven't even realized is that I hadn't even started to think about what I wanna do my first day, my first day in heaven. And so he started working on his list in the last days of his life of the things that he was hoping, people he wanted to see, the things that he was, and so he started making out his first day of heaven list. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I don't know about you, has anybody ever bought a brand new house and you got to pick out the carpet and the colors and all that kind of stuff? Some, some have, some have. I, I never have. We've always bought a pre-existing house. But it's like, I wonder if you can start saying, hmm, Jesus, you know the, the, the room that you're preparing for me? This is my favorite color. Could, could the walls be this? Uh, <laughs> for some of you outdoorsmen, could, could I just have a glass wall in the, in the woods where I can watch the bear, <laughs> watch all of nature, and just see, just see right through all that? It's something to think about. He has prepared a place specifically for you. He knows what you like. He knows what you don't like. He knows what you don't like because of the way trauma and introduction to things. You know, you you may not like water because you almost drowned as a kid, so you you avoid the water like crazy. 
But as he brings healing to us, we might find that the water is just absolutely wonderful. And so you might have a room that just has a little river that flows through it. Or some of you might want a little pond so you can fish. Who knows? I, I, I know Debbie would like some ocean waves coming in her room because she's an ocean girl and uh, probably will have, if, if, we're, if we're rooms are adjoined, uh, there'll probably be sand, white sand, and, and some nice cabana and, and, and some wonderful chairs to rest in. But this is our father, he has a house. Just in case you didn't know it, he's not on a budget. He's not poor. His resources are not restricted. And so don't think like some of us with kind of a, a, a low self-esteem, low poverty mentality type of thing. Well, I, I, I'm just glad he's got a room for me and I hope, you know, it's okay. I don't want much. What if he wants to give you the desires of your heart? Hmm. You might start thinking about the place that he's preparing for you and what that might look like. He's going to have a place for you. Second thing we learn about the Father is that the access to the Father is through the Son. It's through Jesus that we gain access to the Father. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way in which you come into relationship with the Father. Why is he, why is he the way? Sounds like God's being very exclusive. No other way than Jesus? No, because Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Jesus is the way because of the Father is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. And that's what he's trying to communicate with his disciples through here, a concept that is, that is really hard for them to get. He says, knowing Jesus is knowing the Father. Because you know me, you know the Father. And the disciples like, Philip says, really? Oh, show us the Father, that'd be, and it's like, no, 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 you don't get it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hmm. I don't know if I should break at this point. I think I will because I, th I think we need to draw this in. For some of us, the reason why we have really trouble relating to the Father part of the Trinity is because of the Father wound that's in our heart. And because of the Father wound that's in our heart, if we've had a harsh father, if we've had an absent father, a distant father, a father that was pre preoccupied with his uh, his work, his, his promotion, his elevation within the company or whatever, or an abusive father, a terrorizing father, uh, a punishing father. The enemy will jump on that with everything he has because he knows if he can keep that concept, if he can keep that area of your heart that was related to first as a child, an infant, a toddler, a youngster, to a father who was not reflecting the heavenly father, he knows that he's already contaminated 
your ability to fully connect with the Father. It's hard. It's almost impossible. If you haven't had a good, loving Father to really make that transition, because parents are supposed to reflect God to the children as, as kind of signposts to the goodness of the Heavenly Father. Now, our parents are finite, and they've got their own issues, and they, have, uh, they do the best that they can at the time that they're there, oftentimes, but they still come up short. I had a great dad. Miss my dad. He was wonderful. I could tell him anything. I could talk to him about everything. He wanted the best for me. But his insecurity would come on to me. And it was like, oh, I hope in baseball they don't hit the ball to me. Because I might make an error. And, and if I get it, I might throw it over the first baseman's head. And all this thing. But then that grew and developed. He, he trained and we worked. And it was like, put me a third base. Hit the hottest thing you can, baby. I am the vacuum cleaner. I will sweep it up. And you are dead at first. And all that came. But at first, I, I, I was picking up his insecurity. And then as he taught and trained, all of a sudden, I got his confidence. Because he wasn't confident in himself. He wasn't confident in me until he worked with me and he started showing me and we practiced. And, and so it was like, okay. So I had, a, I had a good father, but he still had weaknesses. But he was a good signpost in the sense that he pointed to me to the heavenly father. I knew that any sin I've ever committed, <laughs> I could absolutely confess to my father. I think father, my, fa my earthly father knew every sin I've ever <laughs> committed, at least up until his death. You know, and it's like... So I, I knew from him that I could sh share anything with him. I could absolutely share anything with him. And that's not true with all of us. But no matter how good your father is, there is going to be a point where the enemy will try to exploit a weak area of your father. And out of that weak area, he will try to make it very difficult to connect to the heavenly father. And oftentimes in funeral settings, I, I, I'm with people and they love Jesus. They're scared to death of the Father. They equate the Father to judgment. They equate the Father to whatever they've experienced in their earthly Father. And as a result, they don't see the Father. Do you realize how impossible it is to say that I really love Jesus and I want to be close to Jesus, but the Father, you, you, you stay over here because you're a little scary. You're, you're going to come and the other shoe's going to drop. Or, and it's like, no, no, no. Jesus says, if you've seen me, all that you've seen in me is in the Father because the Father is in me. And so what you see me doing is what the Father's doing. I'm only going to do what the Father's doing. I'm only going to speak what the Father is speaking. So Jesus is showing his dependency and his connection to the Father. And this is really, really important because we get a lot of things toward the end of this passage out of context because we don't realize that it's out of the in that we get the definition of what comes out. 
Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. <clears throat> That's really important. It's the key, I think, to the greater things that he said that we should be doing. It's because we gotta know what it means to be in the Father and the Father in us. <clears throat> and so the question comes out, do you believe it? Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The works and the words that Jesus has done is a result of the Father living in him and he living in the Father. Do you understand the, the way it's reciprocated? It, it goes one and the other. You know, if, if the Father is in Jesus, then it's just totally the Father, it's not Jesus. But if Jesus is in the Father, then we get this unique together, this hypostatic union, they call it. It's, it's how the two become one. And it's, it's so interesting. When you became a Christian, you became a new creature, but you're still who you are. I didn't change my name, although a lot of times in, in the history of Christianity, this was my name before, and then after I came to Christ, I had a name change, stuff like that. <clears throat> our personality, our temperament, only those things affected by sin and, and abuse and trauma and those things, those, those those things are the things that get transformed and healed. But if you still like baseball before you came to Christ, you'll probably like baseball after you came to Christ. It's not like Christ is in me and now I hate baseball. No? Does anybody really catch a, a sense of revelation here today? I didn't use a golf illustration. Okay, we're, we're going to baseball. Okay, come on, somebody should know that the spirit of the Lord is moving. <laughs> and so, so we, we get that idea, but that's how we become whole. We are created in the image of God. God has put his spiritual DNA in us. We're his sons and daughters. We just don't know it yet. And oftentimes we go through a, a major part of our life before all of a sudden something resonates with the truth of who we are and we hear either the gospel or someone presents something to us or we have a dream, some kind of unveiling where the spirit reveals to us and we come to that place where we receive the fullness of who we are. And it's through the blood of Jesus through the confession, confession of our sins, that gets the big stuff out of the way. Now we're on this journey of intimacy, of being in Christ and Christ being in us. These are hard concepts to communicate. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is helping this connect with your spirit, even if your head's not quite fully there yet. So the words that Jesus spoke and the, and the things that Jesus did was a result of the Father living in him. And he wants to make that clear. He starts in chapter five, he's still talking about it in chapter 14, and he climaxes it in chapter 17 in his prayer. And then 
The first believe is a question. Do you believe that I'm in the Father? The second one is an imperative. Believe. You know, it, it, it's not a, hey, do, do, you, do you think you can maybe consider entertaining the thought that the Father's in me and I'm in the Father? No, after he's gone through what he's done for a couple verses, then he says forcefully, believe. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Believe on the evidence of the miracles if you don't believe that. Isn't it amazing how oftentimes a miracle takes place and all of a sudden our ability to believe, faith just rises in the room? I've got a good friend that's a, that functions in healing. He's, a, he's kind of a healing evangelist. He goes around and he says he'll, he'll go someplace and he knows what he needs first is for the Holy Spirit to show him who has something that the Lord wants to heal. So he calls that person out and he prays for them and they get healed, boom, guess what? Faith goes up in the room. If he prays for the person, they don't get healed, faith goes down. <laughs> it's like, oh. So he always looks for the one that the Lord's highlighting and he calls that one forth and he prays and faith comes up because they believe. Jesus says, you guys have been walking with me now for three years. You've seen the leper healed. You've seen blind eyes open. You've seen deaf ears. You've seen the deaf mute speak and ears open. You've seen the dead raised. You've seen invalids that couldn't walk healed. You've seen all of this and that starts to build faith. Have you ever seen somebody get healed? And it kind of builds. But you know what? Anytime something starts to move in a certain direction in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness tries to come and snuff it out and plant doubt and anxiety and fear. And it tries to come in and says, oh, well, that works for so-and-so, but that won't work for you. And <clears throat> that's because that person's really holy. And you know what you did last night. There's no way you're going to be able to, to function like that. And, and so you, you get this counter thing coming from the kingdom of darkness that, that's strategically designed to keep faith going from faith to faith to faith. There should be an ever-increasing faith that matches the ever-increasing glory of his presence in our lives. So the faith that we had last year, there's a sense in which that should be stronger, it should be exercised, and it's not like we're on a faith exercise program, but as we just do life, we just find that, you know, I really believe that the Lord wants to do that. And we have faith for it. And so we begin to pray. <clears throat> believe, believe that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Then he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Now, can you imagine being one of his disciples? Just put yourself there. Which disciple are you? Are you Peter? Are you Thomas? Are you Philip? Are you Andrew? And Jesus is making this statement. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. That's a blanket statement. It's there. Then he takes it up a notch. 
he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. One of the things that I really want to, to bring in the focus today, because a lot of times when we think of healing, we think of the Jesus, you know, praying in Jesus' name and, and releasing the healing power of Jesus on someone, or we think of the Holy Spirit, and we think the gifts and the anointings that the Holy Spirit brings and the words of knowledge and, and some of the power, the gifts of miracles, and we, we look at that. But here Jesus is saying, the Father. Don't forget the Father. The Father is just as involved in every healing, every miracle, every action, because when Jesus did it, the Father was doing it. Because if the Father wasn't doing it, Jesus wouldn't have done it. Does that make sense? Anybody awake? <laughs> Poke your partner, say, listen, come on. He's got to say something good here in a minute. <laughs> and then he concludes with what I think is the climax. I think he says, if you have faith, you'll be doing what I've done. You'll be doing even greater things. And because I'm going to the Father, it takes it up a notch. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do for you. Wow. That's like, what? I don't think it needs to be qualified because I think oftentimes when we qualify things, we say, well, that's what's on the page, but that's not really what it means. Hmm. So we try to qualify it for Jesus because somebody might just say, oh, Jesus, I want a pink Cadillac today. You know, and, and we, we ask. In the name of Jesus, give me a Mercedes-Benz. Boom. In my name, in his person, what we find that the Father answers the prayers of Jesus because Jesus is in the Father and the Father's in him. It's all about relationship. And it's your relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's going to make all the difference in what you ask and what you don't ask for. Now, if I was going to have you err, I'd have you err on the side of asking immaturely. Ask. Just ask in faith. Lord, your word says, I believe your word. Lord, would you, and ask. I think that a lot of times the Lord's already at work in your heart and you don't know it. And the thing that you're asking for, he's already put in your heart for you to ask him for. And we don't even realize it. <sighs> Could he really put in your heart to ask for something that's natural, in the natural realm? Yeah, I think he can. So if you're going to err, err on that side. We've got testimonies all over the place where, where the Lord honors prayers of, of childlike faith.
One of my favorites is uh, the TBN network. Jan, uh, the, the wife of the husband, their name slips me right now, but she, she told that, she told the story so many times, I love it so much. She's, she's a little girl and she's hearing the gospel in a Pentecostal environment and she's hearing all the, you know, ask in my name and you can have and all this, and her chicken dies. And her chicken dies. And she asked the Lord to resurrect her chicken. And she lays hands and prays over the chicken. And she was so poorly, dis no. The Lord heard her prayer and the chicken came back to life. And that had an impact on that little girl that had continued with her all her life. You know, and I, I don't know how many times she's told that story, but I've heard it probably a dozen times. And I just love that. I just, uh, and when I hear that, I, I could get all evangelical, theological, and just say, well, that's not God. You know, chicken wasn't dead. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and you don't ask God to resurrect chickens. That's unbiblical. Well, or you can just say, you know, that sounds a lot like my father. That just sounds like my dad. That sounds like my dad. He hears, he hears the cry of a little girl and he says, yeah, okay, life, come. And the little chicken lives. Hmm. So if you're gonna err, err on the side of Jan. Don't err on the side of the religious, self-righteous, better not use that word, uh, person, go ahead and go for it and find out. When you meet with disappointment because you prayed a prayer and it didn't get answered, have a conversation with the Lord about it. He's not mad at you. He's not mad that you didn't pray the right prayer or you didn't say it right. He wants relationship with you and just say, Lord, why didn't you answer that prayer. Was there something, da, 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 have a conversation and he'll start talking to you and, and reveal some stuff to you and just say, well, this is the reason. I don't give 357 magnums to six-year-olds. You know, I'm a good father. You're not ready for that yet. There's so many things that I've asked the Lord for and I, I, he just says, you're not ready for that yet. And it's like, Thank you for protecting me because you, my confidence is you, in your ability to father me than my ability to be a good son. I know that you know how to father. You know what I need and what I don't need. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for not answering all the prayers that I prayed because some of the prayers I prayed could have ruined my life but he knows the past, the present, and the future, and they're all the same to him. And so he knows what we need before we ask, but still ask. And you don't need a power <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So it's relationship between knowing, seeing, and believing. Jesus is in the Father, the Father is in Jesus, seeing Jesus, 
is equated with seeing the Father. Knowing Jesus is equated with knowing the Father. When you've seen one, you've seen the other. When you know one, you know the other. Understanding and believing in this dynamic of the relationship is the basis for all of our life as sons and daughters of the Most High. As the Father is in the Son and the Son is in us, the Father is in us, we are in the Son and we are in the Father and the Holy Spirit resides in us. Hmm. So here's Father's Day. First thing that's really important is forgiveness. Absolute forgiveness. Hmm. So I'm gonna pray right now, and if this resonates with your heart, just agree with it and come into harmony with this cry of the heart. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I no longer want the enemy to keep me from being fully connected with you as father because of my earthly father. I forgive my father for what he said. I forgive my father for what he's done. I forgive my father for what he didn't say. I forgive my father for what he didn't do. Father, I want to receive the grace to forgive completely as I've been forgiven. My father for abandoning, for abusing, for harming, for not prioritizing my life. I forgive him now in Jesus' name. Now, sometimes we can't pray that prayer, but we can be willing to forgive our fathers. So if you haven't been able to forgive your father, ask the Lord to give you the grace to be willing to forgive. The devil uses the brokenness and the disappointments and the abuses to taint our view of the father. He wants to limit our understanding of how much the Father lavished his love upon us. He wants to restrict the joy of being a son and daughter of the most high loving Father. So come Holy Spirit and cleanse, purify us, bring full connection with the Father this morning for you are a good, good Father. In the Son, in the Spirit and in the Father, is the dynamic of doing what Jesus did and even the greater things. And is the true secret of asking whatever you wish and he will do it. So let us hear you, Father, and reveal what you're doing, what you're going, where you're going and what you're speaking because you are our Father and we honor you today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.